0: Hello, hello, hello. This is the Vanilla JS podcast. I'm Chris Ferdinandi. Thanks for joining me. Today, I wanted to talk about frameworks, DOM manipulation, and web performance. So uh, last week on Twitter, I had a discussion with someone about whether or not using a framework was more performant than using vanilla JavaScript DOM manipulation. And the short answer is no, it's absolutely not, but it can be in certain situations. So let's dig in. Um, let's say you have a simple form for adding items to a to-do list. Um, below it is an empty unordered list where you would add your to-do items. When someone submits a form, you want to add a list item to, um, to that unordered list with the actual to-do. Maybe you also want to wrap it in a button so that you can mark it as complete by clicking or tapping on it. And uh, you also want to prevent the form from submitting to the server. So, with a traditional DOM manipulation approach, you would listen for submit events on that form. And when they happen, you would use something like document create element to create your list item. You'd set its inner HTML to contain a button and the value of kind of the field for the to do item in the form. And then you might use the append or append child method. To um, inject that into the unordered list. And I'll link to a demo on how that might work down in the show notes. Now, if someone clicks on a button, um, you want to mark it as complete by adding a strike through. Um, maybe you also want to style your buttons so they don't look like buttons. Um, so in your um, kind of in your in your code on those buttons that you're creating, um, you might want to add a to-do class to them. And then you might want to add a click event listener. Um, I'd probably recommend event delegation for something like this, where um, when someone clicks an item, if it has that to-do class on it, you will toggle um, a completed task on or off using the class list toggle method. And then in your CSS, you could do something like um, adding some styles to the to-do class so that it doesn't look like a button, getting rid of like the background color and border and things like that. Um, and then, if the completed class is there, you might set a text decoration property of line through to give it that strike through effect, like it's been crossed out. And I'll link to a demo on what that looks like in the show notes as well. Um, so this is actually really, really performant. Um, this this type of DOM manipulation, you're only updating the things that have changed, um, which minimizes how much work the browser has to do to repaint and reflow the UI. Um, So you're really not doing much here. You're injecting elements when they're created and you're adding and removing classes. So there's really not a lot to it. However, as your app gets bigger and more complex, this approach is also kind of a pain in the ass. For example, what if you wanted to let people delete to-do items? Show a message when no to-do items exist yet. Save to-dos to local storage and load them into the UI on page load or support multiple lists. Suddenly, you need to have a lot more awareness of what the UI currently looks like and what needs to change to get to your desired end state. And this is where frameworks come in. The reason frameworks came to be was not to improve DOM manipulation performance. It was to make UI easier to manage in larger JavaScript apps. And frameworks use something called state-based UI. With state-based UI, you define your state, which is just a fancy word for your data at a particular state and time, um, as an object with properties. So for our to-do app, um, you might have a state object that has a property called to-dos. To-dos is an array that has um, a handful of objects in it. Each object contains an item property, which is the actual to-do item, and a completed property, which is a Boolean set to either true or false, depending on whether the to-do item has been completed or not. And then you define a template that says what the UI should look like based on different properties in your state. So, for example, if uh, the to-dos array has a length of zero, instead of showing to-do items, you might show a message saying, hey, you don't have any to-do items yet, create one using the form above. Or you might, um, if they do have to-do items, loop through each one and create that list item and button as a string of markup, um, and so in this example, um, if a to do has a completed property of true, you might add the completed class to it. If it doesn't, you might you know you wouldn't. Um, and uh, this kind of this template function is going to return a string representation of what the HTML should look like based on your data. Then when someone submits a new item or taps on an item to mark it as complete or unmark it as complete, you update that state object and then tell the framework to render an updated version of the UI. Um, and so what that would look like is in your um, submit event handler, instead of, um, instead of actually injecting an item into the DOM, you would say, um, you know, state to-dos push, so that that to-dos array in your state object, you're going to push a new object into it with the item, and uh, you'd probably have completed as false since you're just creating the item for the first time. And then you would set the inner HTML on your um, to-do list container to whatever the output of your template function is. And again, I'll link to a demo of this in the show notes so you can see it. It'll probably make a bit more sense. But the idea is you update the state and then you render a fresh version of your UI based on your template. So you're never actually touching specific elements in the UI directly. You're just kind of updating your data and letting uh, JavaScript figure the rest out for you. Similarly, when someone clicks on an item in, um, in the UI, you're going to update that item's completed property in the state and then render a fresh UI. You're never gonna touch the actual element itself. You don't toggle classes with class list. Um, And uh, so this this state-based UI approach can make handling bigger apps a lot easier because you never have to worry about what the UI currently looks like, just how it should look based on your data. The problem is it's absolutely terrible for performance. Every time the state is updated, you're building the entire UI all over again. That results in a lot of unneeded repaints and reflows and that's where frameworks come in. Frameworks like React and Vue do something called DOM diffing. Instead of updating the entire UI, they compare the current DOM to how it should look based on your state changes. Then they update just the things that need updating, adding and removing classes, injecting or removing elements, and so on. In other words, frameworks do the exact same thing you would do with manual vanilla JS DOM manipulation using the same underlying JavaScript methods and browser APIs. So are frameworks more performant than vanilla JS DOM manipulation or not? No, they are objectively not. Under the hood, they're using the same vanilla JS DOM manipulation. But if you want to use state-based UI, then a library or framework can be more performant if the alternative is re-rendering the entire UI each time. Frameworks don't have some superpower performance secret that regular JS does not. They just add a layer of abstraction to make building your UI and making updates easier, arguably, um, as the app gets more complex. And that abstraction comes with a cost. Larger JS files that take longer to download and are costly for browsers to parse and run. With our simple to-do list, I actually think the manual DOM manipulation approach is easier. As an app like that gets more complex, using a tool or framework might make more sense. If you do want to use state-based UI, Instead of 30 kilobytes of React or Vue, you can use smaller alternatives like Preact or Svelte or my own Reef library. So um, anyways, that's that's really it for today. Um, The key takeaway here is that frameworks are not inherently more performant than vanilla JavaScript, but depending on how you're writing your vanilla JS and what you're trying to do, they can be because they have some stuff built in um, specifically to handle larger state-based user interfaces. Um, That's it for today. If you want to finally master JavaScript, head over to VanillaJSGuides.com and check out my pocket guides and video courses. They're short, focused, and made for beginners. You'll learn the ins and outs of a topic in under an hour. As a listener of this show, you can take 30% off with the code podcast at checkout. See you next time. Cheers.